Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a place beyond this place, a middle ground between the light and the darkness, the nadir and the zenith. For some, it's a bridge between the living and the dead, yet for others, it's something else entirely. It's the place where our nightmares dwell. Each one of us has touched the other side and felt the presence of something beyond this world. next story, we venture into the heart of Brooklyn, a place where cultures collide, and folklore lives on in the modern world. Here, amidst the concrete jungle and the hustle of city life, Rowdy Rebel found himself haunted by an eerie figure, a man whose very presence instilled fear in those who crossed his path. A man rumored to be a practitioner of voodoo. For an eight-year-old Rowdy Rebel, It was the stuff of nightmares. So this is your boy, Roddy Rebel. Um, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, East Flatbush to be exact. And this happened to be around a time when I was like, I want to say nine years old, ten years old. I was coming up in Brooklyn, and I used to go to school. I used to walk to school by myself. My pops used to let me walk to school by myself. When I was young, coming up, everybody in the neighborhood always knew me, everybody always liked my pops and respected him. So um, I used to go to school every day, same route. Used to walk up 51st, 52nd, 53rd, then go to PS268, right there on the corner. 
Sometimes I used to see, like, this lady come out the store and always buy me candy. <laughs> she used to buy, like, all the little kids candy at the, um, after school. She was from the neighborhood. She was a sweet lady. But she used to always tell us about this voodoo man, this, this, this Haitian man. We used to call him the voodoo man. So we never really seen this guy until I got older. When I got older, I moved to the 90s. All right, so growing up in the 90s, like, it was like basically it was, my neighborhood is like mostly like a West Indian vibe, a West Indian feel. So you would have fucking Jamaicans on one block, you would have a bunch of Haitians on another block, Trinities on another block, you have the Aki stores, and then like where I was coming from, like, there was a lot of hustling going on, a lot of um, gangbanging going on, you feel me? So that was really my neighborhood, like, from the, I used to live in the 50s first, and I moved to the 90s. When I moved to the 90s, um, <laughs> I used to see this guy with, like, holes in his ears and holes in his lips. Like, he had, like, you know the earrings? Well, not like an earring, you know when you get your ears pierced, but it's like a big hole? in your air, he had like those big air loops. Like then he had three of those in his lips. And like his face had scars on it. He had one eye that was like, not, like not cock eyed but like half face shut. And the other eye was fully open. Like, <laughs> bro, this nigga looked like a straight, like somebody, a movie, like somebody put him on a movie scene, like a straight character. It was so scary, bro. It was like one of the scariest shit I ever seen in my life. I used to run for this guy. Like I used to start like, like I don't know what it was. Like, it, like, <laughs> like I used to be so scared, shook on my mind. Like, and one time I told my pops, like, yo, who is this guy? And my pops was like, yo, it's a Haitian man. He mind his business. Don't worry about him. So, boom. I used to go home, I used to tell my, 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 my little brother, like, yo, listen, when you see this man, ah, don't, don't say nothing to him, don't talk to him, don't even acknowledge him. Then later on, I started having dreams about this shit, like, yo, nah. <laughs> and I'm not tripping, like, yeah, I had a, yo, I used to have nightmares about that guy, I'm telling you. But then, I used to, be, before I used to have nightmares about him, I used to have nightmares about Busta Rhymes videos. And then it's like, one time I had a dream, I never figured this dream, like both of them was in the dream, bro. <sighs> Swear to God, bro. <laughs> yeah, he used to do these videos like, um, give me some more. Where the cheese at? Give me some more. And man, he used to have like these characters in the videos, like like the demonized characters. And like, even when he had that, um, if you really want to party with me, let me, like, the video way in the videos he was making it, it was just so scary to me. Like his face expression, like I was like, nah, this is a scary guy. I used to see the nigga. I after you know you see somebody one time, you used to start seeing him again, seeing him again, seeing him again. I used to see this nigga all the time, bro. I used to be shook. I used to go home. I used to have nightmares. I started telling my pops again, like, yo, bro. This guy's crazy. I used to see this guy think he's chasing me or something. Like he see me and I run like. I still see him an hour later. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck? Like, I'll be at a park playing ball. I see him come down the block walking. I'm like, nah, I'm out of here. I'm going this way. Like, 
Couple days go by again, I see this nigga again, bro. I'm walking to a store somewhere, I'm walking, I see this nigga. Then I seen this nigga one time, I'm going to a basketball game, bro. I never figured this day, but I'm going to a basketball game. I got my shorts, everything, um, my bag and shit. I see this nigga, I'm running, I been able to stick and drop my bag, so now when I'm about to go back for the bag, I'm scared to go back for the bag, bro. <laughs> I get to the game, I don't got my shorts, I had to borrow shorts from niggas, lost my whole bag that day, bro, like, super scared from this nigga. Like, then I'm mean, like, let me see, like, let me see, I'm gonna say, like, probably when I got, like, 13, like, 13, 14, like, I wasn't scared of something no more, like, I don't know, like, I think I was getting older in the streets. <laughs> Shit wasn't fair me no more. But yeah, that's one of my horror stories right there. That ass. Rowdy Rebel chose a path that led him away from one form of darkness into another. Ironically, by embracing the streets, he found reprieve from the haunting gaze of his voodoo tormentor. But at what cost? Fear is a powerful motivator, one that can drive us to make choices we never thought possible. Whether it's the fear of the supernatural or the fear that comes from our own worldly choices, we are all haunted in our own unique ways. Lock your doors, be cautious of the paths you tread, and always remember, some fears are conquered only to be replaced by others. Growing up, we see a world around us that we lose sight of as the years pass. Or maybe we feel an energy that sometimes manifests itself in the form of something we can visualize, at least for a brief moment in time. Whatever the case may be, this energy can weigh heavy on a person or even a place. This next story explores just that. On this episode, we have LA legend, radio royalty, and overall amazing human being, Big Boy. We're honored to have him on the show, sharing his hip-hop horror story. All righty, let me try to paint this scenario for you guys, right? I was 12 years of age, and we were living in Los Angeles. And at the time, we were going through a homeless situation. So we ended up moving with this family that lived off of 90th in Vermont named the Coleman family. I'm not sure how... My mom knew these people, but they were gracious and kind enough to allow us to live at their home. The house was, you know, a L.A. basic house. I think it was three or four bedrooms, four, four bedrooms, and the patio in the back. Being that it was eight of us <laughs> that moved into this household with these people, we had to kind of like sleep where we could. So my brother and I, my brother Mouse, we would sleep in the back like where there was a patio. And I remember it had like linoleum floors. It was the last part of the back of the house that led to the backyard. And I remember their father had passed away. And so with their father passing, you always felt this vibe in the house, this vibe in the house. I remember one time I was in the living room, and you know how when you have the arrowhead or the gallons of water, and you would hit the button to dispense the water, and it'll get that air, and it'll go And it only does that when you're dispensing water. I was in the living room, and I heard, in the kitchen, I heard the water do the And I'm like, okay, shit, what the fuck was that? So I get up, and I look, 
no one's in the kitchen. So I started to feel like, man, are we getting these, you know, these, these vibes of he's here. They spoke about their father all the time. I had never seen a picture of their dad. I never seen a picture of their mom who also was deceased. But you just felt these things in the house and their father lived there when he died. So it wasn't like he died and then they moved to another place. We were actually staying with this family in his home. Like his room was his room. This is this man's house. So one night, my brother and I, my brother Mouse, we're sleeping in the back where we lay down at, right? And for some reason, I started to feel like this vibe that we weren't the only ones in the room. And when I looked over at my brother Mouse was completely knocked out. So I hear the door open. Now, I'm literally laying on the floor like on blankets. I hear the door open. I'm 12 year, years of age and I'm like fucking shook. My brother's literally laying next to me. So when the door opened, it could have been anyone in the house that could have came back to check on us. So I push my head up and I <laughs> look and I cock my left eye open and the door is opening slowly but there's no one on the other side of the door. It wasn't like my older brother or one of my sisters popping over the door like, Kurt, hey, none of that. You don't see a hand pushing it open. You don't see a figure of somebody standing there. You just see the door making this steady motion as if it was opening slowly. And I know it sounds like a scary movie, but it was like, a, not the sound, but the way the door opened. And it's freaking the shit out of me, but I don't yell, I don't scream, I don't wake my brother up. And as I'm looking at the door, I see the door now start to close, but it opened up where it felt like it was wide enough for somebody to walk into that room. It wasn't a jarred, it wasn't like the wind blew it open. It was a steady motion, like someone was coming into the room. Now, I put my head down. As I'm putting my head down, I'm like, okay, I don't want to see nothing. I don't want to hear nothing. I don't want to have nothing around me. As I have my head laying down, I hear. Bare feet, like someone that was barefoot walking past my head. Now, at this moment, I'm not looking up to see shit. I know what these footsteps sound like. I know that I can hear these footsteps coming towards me, closer to me, right at my head. Then I can hear the sound start to dissipate, start to, like the person had already walked past me. I don't open up my eyes. I don't look. I don't try to see shit, right? So now I'm buried in the pillow. Okay, I don't want to see nothing. I don't want to see nothing. I don't want to see nothing. But my brother Mouse is still knocked out. So as I'm laying there, I rotate my head. And when I look, now I'm looking at the actual curtains because the patio was right there. So I'm looking at the curtains. But before I do that, when I turn my head, I cock my eyes open. And when I look, I see it looked like, not it looked like, it was someone's face 
floating in the curtains. Like I could see the person's face, I could see the mannerisms, the bone structure, and the person was wearing a, like a derby cap. But I could see this vividly. Now I'm gazed at it and I see it. It's not like it was a vision and I put my head down. I'm looking at this and I see the person jawline, the person's nose. I see the eyes. Then I see the derby hat and the derby hat is laid upon his head like low. So now I close my eyes once again, open my eyes back up and the image is gone. And when I say image, I don't mean like it was something like floating on the curtain or it was like a mirage. Like it was actually, I felt like it was actually there. When I closed my eyes and opened them back up, it was gone. I put my head back down and I start to hear. Hey girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing. Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. 
There's no way that that guy's the doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Next morning... I wake up. I'm talking to my brother Mouse. Before I can say anything, my brother Mouse says to me, he said, Kurt, I think I saw something last night. And I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, Kenny, man, which is Mouse. I'm like, Kenny. I said, I I felt something too. I felt like I saw something. And so he explains to me that he felt something, I guess at a different time walked past his head and he could feel the breeze like when somebody passed you the same with me you could feel the breeze of when someone's breaking that wind when they're passing by you he had the same experience that I had when I thought he was asleep he had the same experience that I had while he had the same experience where he thought that I was asleep. So I was sleeping, he had the same experience. So now as we compare stories, and I'm 12, my brother Mouse is 15. We get up and now everybody's congregating in the kitchen, everybody's standing around, so on and so forth. So we go to tell the family what we felt from last night, this presence. And as we're speaking, they're very, intrigued and it really engaged to what we're speaking about there. It's not like these kids and this teenager and they're like, oh, they're just telling these tales. Everything that we were saying, they held on to. And so when we started talking about the footsteps that we heard, so on and so forth, they said, that's where our father used to go. And that was like his getaway room. So we're sleeping in his getaway room and they said there were nights when if he couldn't sleep he would get up and he would walk back into this room and that's where he got away not to disturb anyone but that was like the place that he enjoyed going to so then I tell them I say you know what I think I saw your father I've never seen a picture of this man and I said he was like thin face I describe his jawline. I describe what his nose looked like, pointy nose. And I said, and he was wearing like a derby cap. Soon as I said derby cap, the entire family started crying. I, they said I explained their father exactly how their father looks. When I saw a picture of their father when they went and got, and, this, and the home didn't have all these pictures of their dad, so on and so forth, I guess with, the, with their dad dying. I don't know if there was a pack away, but I had never seen a picture of their father. 
And so as I'm telling him about his nose, his bone structure, he was wearing a button down like a uh, a button down shirt with a tie. And once I got to the derby hat, they lost it. And once they went to go find a picture of their dad, as I'm sitting here many decades later, when I saw that picture of their father, that was fucking one hundred percent on spot with the person that I saw that was floating that image that was in the actual curtain so they were saying what he would do was he would walk out go to that room hang in that den area and that's how he would access the backyard he would walk through there to access the backyard so that was like his area it was peaceful the Oni's being scared and frightened shit was upon me and possibly my brother Mouse. It wasn't like it felt like anything evil. It wasn't like he was trying to run us outside the house. And that was the same thing with the water dispenser. They said that he would get up late at night and he would drink water. It's one of those experiences, man, that you you spend some time trying to talk away or you spend some time like, man, did that really happen? And as I'm sitting here today, like, shit, it was real that day, and decades later, shit, it's real now. Should we fear the things we don't understand, or should we have an open mind to the various entities we may see in our short time here? Big Boy, although fearful, felt a sense of calm when he went through his experience. There was a message there, and luckily, he was courageous enough to look up and receive it. That's all the time we got for tonight. I'm your host, Belly. Thank you for tuning in to Hip Hop Horror Stories. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.